Michigan unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six. What's up? And welcome to Spoko Radio, presented by Blackheart Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. With me, as always, is Jerry Sherwin. Jer, how are you? That was a really fancy and high, enthusiastic intro, DC. I fucking love it, baby. Let's go! I appreciate that, Jer. Champ's here, too. Let's get this show started. The outside I just note. get skipped over. I don't even get a fucking intro. Champ, that is punishment for dissing your two co-hosts on a separate program on YouTube. That you I don't. Think, I don't know if it was really dissing. I think I was just kind of going with the flow of their what they were no, saying. You, no, I could have was, defended you guys a little yes, more. there was no defense. We're we're you, teammates. We are quote teammates. unquote. I don't think DC has the enthusiasm to do something like that. And you go, yeah, probably not. <laughs> that probably Asshole. wasn't a great. And great then of work. And then then he says, I do, but I would tell you to fuck off, which I've literally never ever told you to fuck off. That is true. Yeah, you guys are right. I should have done a better job. You're my teammates. It's my quarterback. And I fucked up. Sorry. Explicit, the start of the show. Sorry, <laughs> folks. <laughs> guys, make sure you guys are subscribing to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. Uh, let's kick the show off with this, guys. Outside Zone. I saw this kicking around on Twitter. I saw this poll question. I'm going to throw it to you. If you could only choose one of these to come back next year, which is going to be the Iowa men's basketball season oh. or a football season? Oh, my God. That's such a great question. I saw Jeez. this. John Miller put this up. So Yeah, yeah. John Miller did. And I, I, I saw it, and I couldn't, even, I couldn't even think of a great answer when I saw that, and now it's, we're just trying to do it on the show. I mean, gun to my head, I'm going to have to go with the basketball team. I, honestly, as much as I love football, I just think next year's – potential basketball season with all these guys coming back because we we know Luke is coming back or it's not official but we know it's happening and they're I mean they're it's just a, a basketball season that could be the best of our lifetimes I mean we may never see a team this talented this good with a coach that's been here this long his system everything going right this is a final four type Iowa basketball team so as much as I love football, I do love football a little bit more than basketball. I'm going to have to go with the basketball team. It's a great question. It would be very difficult for me not to watch a Kirk Ferentz-led football team next year, but I'm going to have to go with Luca and the basketball team and Fran and those guys. They're, I just think it's destined to be a great season next year. Jer, where are you going with this? That's the right choice. Champ's right. Um, it's tough. But I think what decides it for me is the fact is two things here. One, we get way more basketball games to enjoy. And I think after this longevity of not having any sort of sports to watch with just the last dance being like our only type of like competitive watching that we've you didn't, done. You mean you didn't watch NASCAR this weekend? That no, wasn't I didn't. something exciting I, I'm for you? Watching, I'm watching more competitive <laughs> cooking shows than I ever had before just to get a taste of some competition. But I think yep. the fact that we get more basketball games and the fact that it could be a special Final Four type season, you have to roll with that. And then you have to take into consideration Iowa's football schedule. It's tough. 
And yes, I'm always going to be the one that's probably going to predict 10 and two. And I probably will again this year or next year, whenever you get to play football, but basketball has something special brewing and you, I want to see that come, come to fruition right now. Basketball 100% is the right choice, but I'm going to make the case for football here. And especially for our show, nothing gets us more riled up than any Iowa football game, win or lose. Nothing evokes the passion from the three of us more than a football game, a football game to react to, a full slate of Saturday football games to watch. And if we didn't have that, I feel like part of this show would be missing for the course of the year. I mean, you're right, DC. I mean, the thing about football is Jer mentioned that there is more basketball games. You know, you're having a potential 30 to 35 basketball games next year as opposed to at the most, what could 15 is the most, the, the most amount of football games you can get. But it's just the – D.C., you're right. It's just the anticipation of the entire week leading up to Saturday's game, us talking about it on the show via text, via FaceTime, whatever it is. We're always jacked up. And then once Saturday hits, it, it, all that emotion just comes out in a three-and-a-half-hour time period, and we're just jacked up. And then it resets for the next week. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about that. You're definitely right on with that point. Well, we our guest kind of talks and touches on this towards the end of the show, but like in this scenario, is Kinnick empty? And is every college football stadium empty? Does it have that same type of hype as it normally does? Because part of the college hype for me and loving college football, and college football is my number one between college basketball and college football, but if I don't have the the, the passion and like – the, the bands and the tailgating and the college game day and the fans. I don't know if it's that same type of energy. Counterpoint. Iowa goes into an empty Ohio stadium followed by an empty Beaver stadium and back-to-back wins against Ohio state and Penn state on the road with empty fan, with empty stadiums. This might be the best opportunity Iowa yeah. has to go on the See, road. No, and absolutely not. It, now it's, it's especially basketball because I was going to go to both of those games so, no, I'm out. <laughs> so, since Jerry can't go to the games, he doesn't want the season to happen at all. I was going to go back-to-back Iowa games at the, at the shoe. Okay, how about this question? Would you have rather gone to those games back-to-back and watch them lose both of them or have them be <laughs> empty stadiums and potentially Iowa winning both of those I, I'm would, not. I'm would not. you sacrifice yourself not being able to go to those games for Iowa to win them both? Let's see how – Why can't they win them both when I'm there? It's also I mean, ironic that Champ's asking that question when he's the personal jinx when he attends oh, any Iowa yeah. Bears game in per- or Bears game. In I mean, person. Iowa haven't been that bad over the last few years, but the Bears, I just literally, I can't see them get a win. Even the, even two years ago when they went 12-4, and four, I was still somehow at four, three regular season losses <laughs> and the double doink game. Four of the five losses that year, I was at one of them with Jerome here in, in New York. We got to watch. That lovely loss. And I mean, Jared I went to a win. <laughs> I mean, pers- I'm just a horrible jinx. Honestly, I am. I think it's a great question. I think it, that's a, you put a nice, a nice wrinkle on that, Jared, of empty stadiums, how's it impacted? I think that makes me even more inclined to want football because I think that helps. think Iowa going to Minnesota in a short week after playing Iowa State, having to go on the road to Ohio State, having to go on the road to Penn State, and having it come down to Wisconsin at the end of the year, like it – Kind of seems like everything kind of goes Iowa's way in that sense. I don't know because I feel like Iowa and the way Kirk Ferentz coaches and the way Doyle gets these guys jacked up during the week and probably Brian too, it's 
using that us against the world mentality. And we are going into Beaver Stadium and we're going into the shoe and we're going on a short week because the Big Ten screwed us and we have to play at Minnesota and that jackass PJ Fleck and everybody's going to think that we're going to lose except for the people in this room. We know that's the way Kirk Ferentz coaches. And if there's no fans and it's just like, eh, home, home field doesn't really matter anymore, like, I feel like that takes a piece of that, that, that puzzle away from Iowa. Our guest alludes to the opposite of this, but I'm going to make the case for Kirk Ferentz telling a team, his team, and coming into an empty stadium that we're all we need. We are a family. It's the word that our guest Jordan Lopran uses to describe this football program, and Kirk Ferentz uses that as a rallying cry to get his team fired up to play in empty stadiums all season long. Is they don't need anybody else but the people within that locker room. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't think they need fans. I, I think DC's right. I think you know Kirk has been there long enough where he knows the buttons to push to get this team riled up and ready to play in game. There are two games that stick out to me that kind of scare me. If there are no fans, it's Iowa State and it's Wisconsin. The two home games against big rivals where Kinnick needs to be electric to to help a little bit. But this is also a, 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 in the opposite sense of going on the road and having more difficult road games. Playing in empty stadiums helps a lot. Uh, worried about Nebraska home game? What? No. Do the Jordan right here. Yeah. Six in a row, baby. <laughs> Whoop. Yes, sir. All right. On that note, let's get it over to our interview. We had Jordan Loperena on the show this week. He's the associate producer at the Big Ten Network. So we figured we'd ask him what life is like right now without having any live sports to build content around at, at BTN. Uh, you guys can follow Jordan at Jordan Loperena. Make sure you're following the BTN at Big Ten Network and all the social platforms on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. They might even be on TikTok. Who knows? But make sure you're following all of them. A fun interview with Jordan, and we'll throw it over there. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Iowa basketball. What's up, guys? We are now welcomed by an associate producer of the Big Ten Network, previously at ESPN, and the one-time sports director at KRUI Radio in Iowa City for the University of Iowa. It's Jordan Loperena. He's at Jordan Loperena on Twitter. Jordan, what's going on? Not much, guys. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to get into some of your day job here in a little bit, but the first question, we're going to go throw it back to your time at KRUI Radio, and we want to know what was Champ like as a radio host at KRUI and or your favorite memory of him as a host? Oh, my God. Where do I start? Um <laughs> Talk about a loaded question out of the gate. Uh, no, Dave was great. Obviously, uh, never had to worry about his mic being loud enough. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he lives it. He lives sports. So it was nice because he never, you never had to worry about him, like, not watching a game. Or if he somehow didn't watch it, he knew, you know, what the hell we were talking about and, and all that. But, um you know, which, which we can say for pretty much everybody every now and then, you know, someone would stop by for a couple shows and then quit coming because they just realized they weren't following it enough. Um, and my favorite memory of Dave, though, would probably be there was one time that I thought he had sworn on air <laughs> and I muted him and uh, basically just uh, rather be safe than sorry moment because I was, I was like, wait, did he? And I hit the mute button. And 
I thought we were going to have to go to break and call the cops to restrain him from me because he was so mad he, he that thought, I you, muted him. You thought I swore during the show. Imagine what I said when you muted me. I mean, that was not, it wasn't pretty. I mean, yeah, I was the background mics, <laughs> the background mics probably picked up um, worse things than what I thought he'd even said. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was probably like the funniest um, memory. And then another time he didn't, uh, we, we kind of like hadn't really, we didn't even really know until the morning of the show if the studio was still going to be open. I think it was like finals week or something. And I texted Dave uh, because no one showed and it turned out we didn't even have a show, but no one showed up. So I texted Dave and told him like, I can't believe you wouldn't show up for the show. Like this, this is, I mean, you're just dogging it now. You're a senior, dogging like, it. you know, mailing it in. And I basically like, told him he was off the staff like I'm not this kind of behavior is unacceptable <laughs> and and his two roommates are like I, I at least Nick was texting me like you're joking right like this is absolutely hilarious and I was like yeah he's like Dave's freaking out right now he's like he's like reading all of your texts out loud to our entire apartment so yeah. those are those are probably two of my Wait, all right. favorite memories. This was Champ's senior year at the end of the year? No, it was like Christmas. I think it was finals Christmas. Oh, okay. So, okay. so like, he would have missed the whole second. It, yeah. Second yeah. I would have been a happy that, camper. He wouldn't have cared. It, it yeah. just goes, on it just goes to that show that Champ yeah. hasn't changed for anybody. He's been the same in college. He is yeah. the exact same right now for Spoke on Radio. Um, 20 or 21-year-old Champ is the same as 32-year-old Champ. It's the same thing. So, Lobe, speaking of kind of what's going on with your day-to-day, we talk about the KRUI a little bit. You work for the Big Ten Network right now. Obviously, we are in unprecedented territory with no real sports going on. So I'm just kind of curious on, like, what your day-to-day is, looks like right now compared to what it normally does and kind of what are the bigger conversations about programming for Big Ten Network right now? Yeah, so um, day-to-day, you know, we it's, it's a little different because, you know, you come in normally and you're – going to get a show together that day, you know, with maybe one or two different interviews in that show. And, um, you'll have some games to do highlights of and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, maybe a breakdown here or there. And it's just, obviously there aren't live games and stuff like that, but we are still, you know, meeting, uh, pretty regularly. We're, uh, recording a lot of zoom interviews for digital content. Um, you know, so, uh, day to day, you know, we're staying busy. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, athlete might get back to you and, you know, say, Hey, I'm, you know, free at three thirty this afternoon. And all of a sudden, you know, you have an interview to, to start organizing, uh, for the day. So you do have to kind of like stay on your toes, um, be ready. You know, they, uh, we've even gone on air, um, with breaking news once, um, when the uh, Big Ten uh, released their um, the uh, press conference or uh, the press release saying that they had instituted mental health uh, protocols and systems uh, in the Big Ten conference, uh, Commissioner Warren joined Dave uh, Repson on air, um, and that was really cool because we'd practiced for a moment like that, and and uh, you know when that moment came, we were completely ready and were able to go on air, um, which was which was a really cool moment. Um, and then, you know, uh, basically, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of, a lot more digital content, obviously, than studio production normally would. Um, but we're still doing a weekly big show, um, which has been a pretty cool thing to do, too. Uh, you know, the first time we did it, it was like, wow, okay, we did a full 
studio show um, based off of Zoom interviews and taping some segments and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we've done one once a week ever since, which has been great. Um, we're doing these video recalls, uh, which you've probably seen like a lot of classic games with, you know, the mm -hmm. Connor McCaffrey, Joe Wieskamp one was uh, probably, probably, you know, one that would appeal to uh, your listeners um, with the Rutgers game and, you know, just some, some good stuff. And it's fun because these, these athletes, a lot of them are looking to do stuff right now. You know, they're looking to, you know, um, hop on a Zoom and talk about a great game. You know, that's something that maybe normally they'd like to do but don't have time for or can't even really put on their radar except for maybe a certain couple of weeks that they're available to do stuff. And they're, they're a little bit more available, um, you know, for, for stuff like that, especially, you know, talking mo mostly former athletes there. Um, but yeah, and, and so that's, that's basically what we've been up to. Um, you know, the weekly studio show, the digital content and, uh, just kind of, you know, trying to keep ideas coming and we don't know, you know, how long this is going to go. So, um, you know, and even when we're back, you know, there's, yeah. that's one thing I learned really in, early in the industry out in Bristol is, um, you know, there's really no such thing as, um, wasted ideas. Like, you know, pitching ideas is so important. So it's, it's kind of been really good uh, as far as being able to think outside the box and, and push some more ideas across. Yeah. You mentioned uh, athletes in specific. So I, I'll go there. Do you think you've gotten like a, a better sense of, you know, getting, getting to talk to these guys when it's not so regimented and they have like their post game interviews and they have to do this and they have to do that. It's kind of informal, like you said, a lot of Zoom sessions with, you know, former, even current athletes. You think you've gotten like a different look into their lives that way? You think it's been like a more personal look uh, with these athletes? Or do you think it's they're just kind of who they are, they're college kids or out of college? Um, for sure. I think a lot of them, you know, you're, you're getting uh, maybe them in a little bit more comfortable of a setting. Um, you know, they're, they're able to just kind of, you know, pop up their own laptop and, and set it up, you know, kind of a lot of them kind of have to set it up themselves a little bit um, on their end, at least, you know, to get it going. And um, yeah, I think, I think they're a little bit more, more comfortable, you know, they're uh, you know, it, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, it's you, you kind of just hop on and, and you realize in that moment a little bit more how much, you know, everyone's in it together. Um, you know, we're all sitting in our kitchens or, family rooms or wherever basements, um, you know, doing these zoom interviews. And it's, it's just kind of funny, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, watching, whether they're watching like the today show or, you know, some of these, um, you know, celebrity events they've been putting on, uh, some of the large, uh, net, you know, cable net or uh, non-cable networks. Um, you know, everyone's kind of laughing cause you get to see into these people's actual houses. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, that's, that's what yeah. John legend's, yeah you know, living room looks like that's kind of neat, you know, and it's a little bit more interesting, um, you know, than, than just it's a generic backdrop. <laughs> yeah. What? It's less funny and more depressing seeing these athletes in yeah. homes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask you, have you had an embarrassing moment in the background? Like we've heard so many people have in, in conference and zoom meetings of anything going on in the background of any of these interviews. Um, no, not really. Uh, luckily, uh, you know, I live with my girlfriend in the city and we're, we're pretty good about, you know, staying out of each other's hair when, when, uh, you know, we have something going on or, you know, if one, we'll kind of, if we have something at the same time, we'll kind of just 
say what it is and figure out, you know, maybe if someone should have like the better spot, you know, or not. Um, I will say our, uh, our rabbit butter says, you know, every now and then gets a little loud. Uh, he'll be digging in his cage or I don't know what, you know, the hell he's doing over there. And it's just kind of like, Oh my God, you were quiet for three hours and now my zoom call starts and you're going nuts. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy like that. Um, you know, and, and that, that goes for everyone's, you know, you, there's fun little moments kind of that happen, but nothing like crazy that, that has like completely ruined an interview or, or something like that. I, you know, I, I've really got to give it to the families of, of all of our coworkers on air, off air, you know, they're, they really seem to be doing like a good job of, okay, like there's an interview going on and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's been kind of neat to see the teamwork kind of extends a little bit. Yeah. Jordan, you mentioned the the practicing um, for situations like this. I'm just kind of curious on, on a bigger aspect there. Was that stuff that you were practicing before this, just in case like a pandemic came through or, or some sort of crazy internet thing happened or did this just happen? And then on top of that, are you guys already practicing what it might look like for you guys in season if there's no fans and limited crews for actual football games? So the first part of the question, um, as far as like, you know, is that something we are regularly practicing? Um, we, you know, we're, we were set up, you know, for any kind of breaking news in studio, um, you know, on a regular basis. Um, you know, obviously as things develop, you kind of just start figuring out what else is in place. You know, we were ready when, when we had our, you know, resources in the studio, if anything broke, I mean, we'd get on there, you know, with, with our talent and the background they have and the research, the researchers we have and the producers we have, um, you know, if something broke, I mean, you know, almost immediately we were able to go on there and, and break in and into programming and start, you know, talking about it. Um, but the, the Zoom thing has definitely been, you know, a little bit of a, a new aspect and kind of trying to figure out how to do something like that. You know, I, I, I think it's, it's safe to say everyone's kind of figuring that out right now. And then the second part, um, you know, we, we, we're not really predicting um, as far as, you know, when, uh, you know, when sports are, are coming back. I mean, you know, like everyone else, we truly don't know. Um, I'm just confident, you know, whatever happens, we'll be ready, um, you know, as far as that goes. So, you know, it, it's really not um, – you know, useful, I think, as far as kind of like making predictions of when we're coming back or what it's going to look like or, or anything like that. Um, one nice thing, though, is that Fox is doing Bundesliga and NASCAR already. So, you know, with us having, you know, obviously our strong, you know, partnership with Fox, you know, we can kind of just follow their lead and, and learn from those experiences. So I always wondered, so this, the breaking news you mentioned, you know, you're always on hand. You're, if, if something breaks, you can break into programming, go live on air with that. I always wondered, is, there, is the guy that is like waiting around for breaking news, did he just draw the short straw that day and he just kind of has to stay in the studio and just kind of chill in there all day and just wait, hey, when up? There might be some breaking news later, so I'm just going to have to sit here for the next seven hours. How does that work? Uh, no, I mean, there's, there's pretty much just, always you know people around um you know like there's 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 different shifts throughout the day so you kind of stagger it out so that you know there's always people there that'll be ready to to do that um you know we're not gonna keep 
talent at the office overnight just in case something breaks. Obviously, like yeah. kind of you guys do a whole Dave Revson. <laughs> He's there from right, 10 p.m. You know, until 6 a.m. Yeah. every day. <laughs> There's there is kind of a line that you draw, but um, you know, everyone's ready kind of at all times. So if something crazy or major did happen before all this, you know you could get into the studio and, and get something on as soon as you can. And then, um, you know, at this point with the, you know, one of the positives you can kind of take out of um, this whole situation is that, you know, now if something like that were to happen, um, you know, we even know how to go on remotely. Uh, so that there's kind of two, two ways that that goes, but um, yeah, it's kind of been nice. You know, there are some little positives that you can kind of take from this and, one thing is just kind of exploring further into your technology and, and tapping into that. Is there a world or a line where Jordan Loparena could be one of those guys giving the breaking no. news? <laughs> He's like, no, nah, I'm staying behind the scenes. I've got a, I've got a face for radio and we'll keep it. We'll keep it. That's that. what my dad told me when I was on KRUI radio back in the day. He goes, you know, you have a perfect face for radio. Thanks dad. Quality support there. Appreciate that. <laughs> He was the only one telling you that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so Jordan, before we get into some Iowa stuff, because you are an Iowa alum, I want to know a little bit, and I think some people might find this interesting. I know I certainly do. During a football season, a regular football season, non-pandemic related, what does your week look like as a producer behind the scenes? Yeah, so um, it, it, it really varies. Like this past uh, fall was unlike, you know, any other fall I've had because I was also producing um, Big Ten hockey features around the Big Ten during the early part of the week. So, you know, I guess I'll start there kind of, you know, this past season, um, you know, Sundays I was usually off or traveling to a Big Ten school, uh, you know, for um, a hockey feature. And, you know, I we'd usually try and knock out two a week. So, I'd go to one and then maybe go straight to the other and then come back. Hopefully that would, that would usually be about Sunday to Tuesday or Monday to Wednesday. Um, Thursday I would come in and start working on stuff for BTN tailgate, um, you know, preparing video and uh, you know, sometimes that, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll do a graphic shift where I'm building the graphics for the show, but just kind of working on some, some prep stuff for that. And then going from, um, you know, on Friday, you know, you might be there late, later in the night, um, you know, cause we'll be, we'll be filming big 10 tail or BTN tailgate um, features, you know, and stuff like that on campus that day. So those all get sent back to Chicago and, and I'll be working on it from there. Um, and then Saturday, you know, you come in at the crack of dawn cause BTN tailgate, you know, fires up early and you, you know, sometimes you usually don't keep that much unless you really just have to keep something until the morning. Um, you might be waiting for a video or something like that to get back. But, um, for the most part, you know, you get in early and you prepare for anything else that might come in that day. Um, you know, sometimes there's breaking news. Sometimes the team will make a player unavailable for the game that morning or, you know, there's something you have to injury report comes through, stuff like that. Um, so you have to, you know, be ready to see how that'll work into the show. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. And then, um, you know, once the hockey features were done, my Sundays were a prep day, uh, cause I would produce, you know, the press conference show on, on Monday, um, a lot of the time, uh, at that point forward. <clears throat> so Sunday you're kind of putting your rundown together and, um, you know, that's, it's actually a pretty interesting show to produce because a lot of it 
you know, you have to have content ready because a coach might come in on time or they might come in 15 minutes late and the viewers watching and you, you need to make sure that, you know, you have some good Minnesota content ready, you know, in case PJ Flood comes on late. Now he, he's a guy that I don't think has ever showed up late to my press conference, but that was just an example, you know, right. You never know. So there's, a, there's always a first. Of, I mean, you gotta be prepared. Right. Exactly. So you just got to always prepare for uh, stuff like that. And, um, you know, coaches can be early, late on time. And so that was kind of a, a unique show to start learning um, how to get ready for. And, you know, you prep for that on Sundays and, and go and do it on Monday. So, it, you know, as far as the routine goes, as I explained, it's, it, you probably can't even picture what my week looked like just from that explanation, just because it's kind of all over the place. Hopping around a ton. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy to see what could happen if there's very less access to keep everybody safe this fall if we do have football. Like, I, I bet you have no idea what's going to happen to your day-to-day. Probably going to be even crazier than what you had last right. year. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely no idea. I've I've just a zero. I've, I've tried to stay out of the prediction business because, you know, <laughs> the, the other part of that, too, is it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't because someone predicts, you know, the, you guys see on Twitter, someone predicts that stuff's happening too uh you know too early people get on them for that people predict that something's not going to happen people get on them for that uh so no so wins predicting i was going undefeated for a very long time and it's not working <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you know it's just I, i've tried to stay I, I think a lot of people are, are smart and just kind of stay out of the prediction business because I, I think a lot of people just genuinely you know don't know Hello. don't know yeah well jordan that leaves us into Iowa. Um, I'm very curious to see kind of where you view the program going into the season. We have a new quarterback coming in. I don't know if you've been able to read some of Scott Docterman's um, beautiful pieces about the gunslinger that's taken over Nate Stanley's position, but there is some inside sources that I have that are telling me that this guy could have probably started last year if Nate wasn't a senior. So I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of, you've been able to meet Kirk Ferentz. You've been around the program a little bit. Um, you know, what you're thinking as an alumni and as somebody that is uh, just an Iowa fan. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, one, one huge thing that I think has just kind of given Iowa fans, you know, reason, I think a lot of Iowa fans are, are able to get a little bit more excited now because at this point, everyone knows like the recruiting classes are looking really, really good. And everyone knows that like, just because you get a, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, if you got a recruit and he was a three-star, everyone was just throwing tomatoes and why aren't we getting five stars? You know, we got one, you know, one four-star, blah, blah, blah. Now that people like finally are starting to understand what Kirk Ferris and his staff can do to a player who has zero stars, five stars, however, I mean, they can manage pretty much any personnel that comes into the program. And the best thing is that they they're so good at recruiting character and guys that are going to fit the mold. And uh, I, I just think that like, you know, the recruiting seems like it's gotten even better, um, you know, in the past few years, you know, there's a lot of classes coming in lately where you're like, wow, these guys look really good and they're getting on the field earlier. And that's, that's kind of proof that, that the recruiting has gotten better. Um, 
you know, and, and I personally don't think it was ever necessarily anything to complain about, but, you know, for the fans that do complain, I think that there's something to kind of quiet them down the last few years. Um, I mean, I, th- I think you got to be excited, you know, like I, I loved Nate Stanley. I thought he was a great quarterback. Um, you know, he obviously took care of business against, you know, all the rivals except pretty much Wisconsin, as far as you look at his starting record. Um, you know, he had a great career and, you know, it's always exciting when you have a new guy coming in, especially when he's spoken of as highly as he was. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I think he came from the high, same high school as Jared Goff uh, out in California. And I remember reading something about them having a little bit of a relationship. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things that, that are exciting when you have a new quarterback because it could make things look a little different. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, he'll be better than Nate or worse than Nate or, or either, but, uh, you know, I just think it's kind of exciting when, when you're going into season with a, a little bit of a fresh start and, and it's fun to kind of see what that's going to look like. And um, one thing I think uh, that'll really help, who, you know, whoever the, the starting quarterback is, you know, for the Iowa Hawkeyes, um, I mean, the receivers that they have coming back. Athletes. I mean, you've got to be really excited. Like, holy cow. I mean, the the receiving core coming back for Iowa is awesome. Um, you know, when was the last time we said that? And that's not to like be smart to anybody else that's been a past receiver at the University of Iowa. 2010? Right. Well, and the fact that they're all they're all back, you know, you you're hoping Brandon Smith will be able to get, you know, a f- full recovery and, and be completely healthy again because he was really turning into uh you know a really great receiver before he got hurt last season um amir smith marset obviously one of the most electric players in the big 10 tyrone tracy turned put himself in in that conversation uh from the midpoint of last season on um you know and then and then you know matt laporta kind of jumping on uh you know as as the season went on last year um that was that was a pretty exciting thing as well um you know because Obviously, the best uh, the best Iowa teams always seem to really have it going at the tight end position, and the fact the fact that you had Laporta step in last year was was huge because that only gives you more promise for the upcoming season. And they you know they even have a couple freshmen coming in that look like they could contribute at that position. So, I mean, yeah, you're getting you're getting Jerry all <laughs> jacked up. He lo- he loved Nate Stanley. You gave him all that love. He loves Sam yep. Laporta. You're talking about him. I mean. Jerry, you're, Jerry's going to watch you on every week. I mean, if you keep giving this type of love, I mean, oh. all, all he all he had left to say is Spencer Peaches broke all of golf's records by playing half of games. That's the only thing he missed. Yeah, that's what Doctor would said in his piece. He literally they would pull him at halftime of some games, and he would already rack up five touchdown passes. Crazy, crazy. yeah, oh. yeah. No, I, I think it's an exciting time. The, you know, um, obviously, I love Coach Ferris, love the program, uh, love love you know the friends that I have in the building over there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just like a really fun, good feeling team to root for, um, and program to root for, and you can feel good about rooting for them, which I think is, um, you know, kind of get, can get lost in the mix, uh, as far as, you know, college football goes sometimes, but, you know, you just look at, at the program they build. It's, it's just such a, a fun, you know, program and team to root for. I mean, you're not wrong. It's it's fun, and it's 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 great that people are finally starting to realize, only after 20 plus years of Kirk Ferentz being there, that what he can do with one and two star recruits. That it doesn't matter that he need doesn't need to go out and get four and five star guys. So 
I have a, you know, just a kind of a fun question. I know you've been on the sidelines for a lot of games in Iowa City over the years. What is your favorite memory, your favorite game, let's say, your favorite game that you've been a part of that you got to be on the sidelines? Um, I think my uh, – it's tough because, you know, when you're in school, obviously it's a cool deal. You know, I was there for work, but, um, you know, the end of the Penn State game, uh, obviously, in 08 was – just the coolest thing um you know I was down on the field toward the end of the Michigan State game in 09 which was uh, a pretty cool deal as well um you know that was a hostile stadium that night um and then uh you know so those those were two really cool memories in college obviously the end of the Orange Bowl and like the trophy ceremony too that was that was cool just being down there you know because media gets to go down the field toward the end of the game but um you know, since college, like as far as just kind of just being a fan, being able to be down on the sidelines, the game in 2015 uh, against Minnesota was, that's probably my all-time favorite day at, at Kinnick Stadium and maybe in Iowa City. You know, they had the grapple on the gridiron that morning, Iowa wrestling beat Oklahoma State. Um, you know, you had tailgating before that, then you had the grapple on the gridiron, you go back, tailgate a little bit more, go to the game that night. It was spread out so well that you weren't really rushing around or anything. Uh, you know, football team went 10-0 and 0 that night. That was a pretty cool thing. Um, and that was just such a fun overall day. And, you know, I was back back in town with a bunch of friends that, that uh, weekend, you know, because when I was out at ESPN in Connecticut, I could basically, basically pick one game a year that I could get back for. And I actually picked that game in August um, and told, I actually, so I actually was going to a practice uh, that August during fall camp. And uh, whenever coach parents came out to Bristol for the day, I'd usually be taking them around and, and talent producing them for the day. And, um, you know, if I didn't know what game, you know, if he asked what game I was coming back for, and I didn't know, I, I kind of felt stupid, like a fair weather fan or, a, you know, like I was going to wait to see how the season was going. So I decided, you know what, this year I'm just going to pick a game so that when Coach Ferris asks me when I stop by fall camp, I'll have a game to tell them, like right off, you know, the bat. And they'd already announced the grapple. So I was like, that'll be an awesome weekend. You know, they'll play for Floyd that night. It'll be a fun day, regardless of how the season's going. That'll be a really, really fun atmosphere. Um, and then, so sure enough, picking that game in, in August was, was pretty, pretty cool come November. And, and a night game in November too. You know, you have to you have to agree to those on yeah. both sides in the Big Ten to play those. So that's uh that was that was a pretty cool deal too. And and especially the way Floyd had gone the year before, getting it getting it back was a pretty cool thing to to see. Which that can kind of get lost a little bit in the middle of a undefeated season like that. But yeah, it was that was that was a pretty fun fun game. I think probably my favorite. Do you have a memory from showing Kirk Ferentz around Bristol that sticks out to you from your time in ESPN? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> the first time I ever took Coach Ferentz around for the day in Bristol was uh, before the 2013 season, which means it was, the only thing to talk about really was how the 2012 season had gone, which, you know, what coach would want to talk about, you know, a four and eight season. Um, yeah. And he was there on his birthday, oh which he, I'm like, Jesus, this is what a, that's like a, that's just, you know, 
I couldn't think of something I'd rather do less on my birthday, you know, if you're him in that situation. And obviously, handle it like a pro, class act. And, you know, he, he, people talk to you, you know, talent who talk to you after interacting with him for the day, you know, never anything but him. extremely impressed with Coach Ferentz and, and how good of a guy he is. But I just remember, like, watching him go through that day like a champ. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome because – you know, I, I loved Coach Ferris. So I was, have never not been a Kirk Ferris guy, but being able to see him just kind of go through the ringer like that in person, you know, obviously as you get older, your birthdays aren't, you know, it's not like you're missing out on, on you know, the most exciting day in the world, like like in college or anything like that. But uh, just seeing him go through that, it was, it was a pretty cool deal. Um, you know, and, and then in general, it was just kind of neat, um, you know, being able to, to, to take him around and, you know, it was, it was kind of like, you felt like you were like almost by, by, I think I took him around two or three times and, you know, by the end of, you know, the second or third time, you're just kind of like, you feel like you're showing family around, you know, the facility almost kind of, um, and that's pretty cool. And, uh, I was able to kind of, you know, uh, try and get something too for his birthday, which at the end of the day, which he obviously wasn't, you know, expecting anything like that. So I think he was, I think he was more surprised than anyone in Bristol knew it was his birthday that day. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was a pretty cool experience just because, um, you know, he's so uh, – he's just, he's just so admirable the way he doesn't really get too high or too low. Um, I think that that's, like, a really strong trait that I wish I had a little bit more myself. Um, and so it was really neat just kind of seeing him, you know, go through that. You know, you've seen him do it in press conferences and in games and stuff, but just seeing him do it in, in – your workplace, uh, which was, you know, for the day was a really cool experience. All right, Lope. So usually we, we have a few questions at the end of the show that we like to ask all our guests. Uh, they're not anything serious. So don't be nervous. It's just kind of fun, fun questions to take you out of here. We'll start (laughs) with this one. This one's a two part question. It didn't used to be, I just added the second part last week to our guest. Uh, what during this quarantine, what is your guilty pleasure television show first? And then the second part of that question is, what is the snack of choice while watching that television show? Uh, that's a good one. I mean, I feel like I feel like we've taken a stab at almost every show, you know, like it's like <laughs> just went the Netflix wheel and just try right, to like throw it at a map to it sticks. For context, we've been, we've, we threw these around two weeks ago on our show. I said 90 Day Fiance. Jerry said something with small people. Little people, people, people big world. 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 <laughs> and Jerry's was, or Champ was some mop, um, mafia family. The new country. MTV mafia, mob, mafia. About a pizza place in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> so there's not, there's not a bad answer. Yeah, well, it's, it's tough because my, my uh, guilty pleasure show that, you know, I watch, um, you know, definitely ha- had more interest in than my girlfriend was the, was very cavalry. And I burned through that. I burned <laughs> through that before the pandemic hit. So, or before, you know, everything shut down. So uh, that obviously, you know, it was kind of like that, that would be like my go-to guilty pleasure show. Uh, Such a great was, show. And now it's, it's, and gone. it's gone. Breaking yeah. news. Yeah, breaking news. I mean, I wouldn't have watched it without Jay anyway, so. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we did the Tiger King thing deal. We were pretty early on Tiger King, which is kind of funny to see, like, you know, we watched it probably, like, the first day that – first or second day that we saw people kind of, like, talking about it a little bit. So it's kind of funny to see all of a sudden, like, 
there was more content coming out related to the show after we finished it, which was kind of nice. Um, you know, we had more stuff to watch and they even did another episode, like a post show kind of thing. Um, so we did the Tiger King deal. Um, we've, uh, I was told not to watch Outer Banks, um, which I think would fall into the guilty pleasure category. Um, I actually threw it back a little bit early during, uh, the quarantine into a little OC. Uh, I was a big OC fan back in the day. Uh, I feel like Jerry, you loved OC. There he goes. I knew he'd start singing. It's funny how how that song in the office intro, I love both those shows, (laughs) but you're, you're like frantically searching for the remote to hit skip intro because you hear those (laughs) just so much. It makes you not even, you know, and and I swear they come on 10 times louder than anything else in the show. Oh, the office one 100 percent does. I I watch every night before bed. So bad. Like, yes. <laughs> I've I've fallen asleep with the remote in my hand because I'll be just about to fall asleep and I hear the office thing and I'll like hit the skip intro button, you know, hoping hoping I don't just pause it because I, I've always had to I always have to fall asleep to noise or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I've actually fallen asleep, you know, holding the remote. But uh. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that the OC is probably the most embarrassing guilty pleasure uh, show I've watched uh, during quarantine. But um, you know, we've uh, we're, we're not above anything, so we'll we'll watch the uh, Love Is Blind was the one that we were watching right before this all. I mean, I feel like Love Is Blind came out ten years ago at this point. Yeah, it does. Like it's a, that show, cool. you know, I saw someone tweet a few weeks ago, like, "Hey, remember when Love Is Blind was like the only thing people were talking about?" How great was that, you know? So I think, uh, you know, but uh, now another one, just unfortunately, that we found, you know, before the pandemic. Too early. Yeah. Don't forget snack. What's your snack of choice while watching? Uh, one thing I've discovered uh, during the quarantine that I never had before was the extra toasty cheeses. They're they're complete Ooh. game changer. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Extra toasty Cheez-Its. It's nothing but just Cheez-Its that are a little burnt, and it's incredible. I mean, I don't know how. Mm, I haven't tried. I love regular Cheez-Its. I've never tried. Yeah, extra and toasty. for whatever reason, like I'm like a guy. I like cooked cheese. I don't like. I don't like um, like a charcuterie board and stuff like. I'm not like big with with cold cheese, so I like my cheese cooked. So I've always been like, oh, like I don't care if the nacho cheese is burnt a little bit. And so, you know, wait, you like your cheese cooked, aka you're from the Midwest. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Big yeah, queso. Exactly. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, we've all been to Ponchero. All, right. <laughs> all right. We're putting you on the spot. If you had to make an all too early prediction on the next national champion, who is it going to be? Uh, college football, right? College, college football. football. I mean, if you look at, if you're looking at Big Ten and you look at what's coming back for Ohio State, um, Justin Fields was absolutely unreal last year. Um, you hear that, Jerome? You hear that? <laughs> he was he was awesome. I mean, now the other part of that is now the conference has all seen him, you know, for an entire season. You know, even even when he was at no J.K. Dobbins, right? No J.K. Dobbins. Um, although Ohio State never seems to have too much trouble reloading at running back or really any position on the first, second, or third level of the depth chart. But, uh, but you know, I, I think if you look at the fact, too, that they got to the playoff, there's a little bit of unfinished business feel there, um, you know. And, and, and the, 
if I'm making a prediction like that, you know, I want to go off of answers that you already have to questions. So, you know, if a team hasn't played a quarterback yet, it's kind of hard to, you know, predict them going to national title as much as I would love to just say Hawks, you know, all the way 15 and 0. <laughs> you haven't seen do it. Happen, just do it every you know? week. So, uh, just do it. I mean, if we're talking about what we've seen and what's coming back, um, you know, Ohio State has really put together a good team. Obviously, Bama's always in the mix. Um, you know, uh, and and then it, it kind of goes from there. Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, too. Can't forget about that because he seems to be the kind of guy that makes uh, every player around him better, um, and they're already pretty good. So, uh, you know, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. Um, and I, I know uh, a lot of us with uh, Bears rooting interests, which I think is all four of us here, uh, would have loved to see Trevor Lawrence in Chicago in two years, but I don't, I'm just not quite sure well, that's going to well, happen. Well, if you're champ, Nick Foles is taking this team to the Super Bowl. So. Oh, yeah. Big dick <laughs> Nick, baby. I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. Uh, and check out our Bears podcast for our thoughts on that later. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think uh, you know, Ohio State's bringing, bringing back a lot, and, and I think you can't put a price tag on, on an unfinished, unfinished business type of attitude that a team could have. So – See, only Spoko Radio could make a guy that says he's not in the prediction business make a prediction. <laughs> well, if the last question is, if you could describe Iowa in one word, beautiful. what would it be? The football program. Oh, the football program. I mean, beautiful. Beautiful. Sports. I think, I, okay, I, yeah. think beautiful. Uh, I think either, uh, like, you know, beautiful or, or family, you know, like just, just those are two, you know, beautiful is more of the funny one, but I think family is, is just the best word you can use to describe uh you know, right. Kirk Ferentz's football program. That's the, I think that's as close of a, a program as you get. Um, guys that have, are still playing and guys that have played, um, you know, it, it obviously stretches a long time too, you know, with the continuity there. So I think, I think family would be the best word. Getting all serious and mushy on you guys, but. Well, that's a good way to close uh, it out. A, nice a family little, feel yeah. in that. In Not that crying, you're crying. <laughs> yeah, nice little mushy ending. That never hurts anybody. It's okay. All right, guys. Jordan Loprena, he's associate producer at the Big Ten Network. Jordan, anything else you want to hype about BTN before we let you out of here? Just keep uh, tuning in to all of our digital content. Obviously, Big Ten Network, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the big show every week on your TV. Um, you know, just kind of keep keep consuming that content, and we'll keep making it. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful marriage right there between you know the the producers and the audience. So. Go Hawks, go White Sox, and uh, Dave, go LZ Bears. Go LZ Bears. <laughs> Had to throw a Lake Zurich reference on there to close the show. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Jordan, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Lowe. Right. Sure, we'll Take talk soon. I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me on. I had a, I had a blast with you guys. Trick or treat, Iowa City. <laughs> if you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one. <laughs>